Now I don't have to worry about yelling. Not that I yell anyways, right? All right. You guys doing all right? A little quiet. A little quiet. I'll try it again. You guys doing all right? All right. Doing great. Hey, uh, I want to tell you something real quick. I'm, I am so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you guys uh, week in, week out, um, coming in on Wednesday nights, um, tracking with us, um, coming along in the series, um, really putting it to test with um, finding out your, your, where, you're, where you lie faith-wise and, and, and where people ask you questions about uh, are you a fan and things like that. You guys, have been, you guys have been doing a great job. I love hearing the stories. Uh, so if you have another story, man, come tell me uh, about what God's doing um, through what, just even what you're wearing, what you're, what you're doing, just everything. So I'm excited about uh, what God's doing in your guys' lives just as much as, uh, as anything else. So make sure you guys share that stuff with me. I love hearing it. Uh, tonight, uh, we have a, a couple things that I want to do. Uh, number one is uh, tonight's going to be a little bit interactive. I'm going to ask you questions. I want some responses, Okay. Uh, I, want some, I want some responses from you guys. I want some feedback on stuff because, uh, again, I want your help um, with where we're going tonight. And I think that God has already put you all in a place uh, to be able to respond in kind. So I'm excited about that. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, which I told you last week, bring a written copy of the Scripture. Anybody, ever, anybody do that? Everybody? All right. All right. It's okay. Redemption comes next week if you don't have it, all right? Bring a written copy of the scripture. If you have your Bible, turn it up in John 16. Okay? John 16. And as you're turning there, I want to ask you a question. What is the Trinity? Have you ever heard that term? Anybody ever heard that term? All right. So who can tell me intelligently what the Trinity is? Scanapiego. Great. Yeah. All right. Who else wants to share? Who else has got an answer for me? That was good. That was good. What? Hey, man, it's all right. She's good. She's smart. All right. What, what is the Trinity? Somebody else give me another response. That was pretty much it, but I want to hear from you guys. Huh? No. No, but I'm glad, I'm glad that some people don't know what it is because we're going to track through it tonight. All right? What you got, Squires? Exactly. So you, you perfectly expounded on what Scandipiego said. All right. God exists. All right. The Bible teaches that God exists as one. Okay. God is one. We serve one God and one God only. Right. But he also, he, God exists in the form of three separate persons. Right. We learn throughout scripture about God the Father. Right. God the Father. Uh, also God the Son, Jesus Christ, came uh, to the earth. That's God and Son together. Um, everybody heard the verse John three sixteen, yeah. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Perfect, you got it. Right. God sent His Son, so we have God the Father, God the Son, and what's the last one? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That's right, and that's where we're going to be camping out tonight. Um, so if you if you don't know what the Trinity is, it, it again, it, the Bible teaches that the Trinity is is one God. Okay. God existing, our God, one God existing in three persons, okay? And that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And guess what? You don't have to perfectly understand it, okay? It's not meant to be fully understood, okay? God in his huge vastness, 
unbelievable, awesome, powerful, like just big, huge God that we serve. Um, if we could understand him, he wouldn't be worth, serve, uh, wouldn't be worth following, right? God is huge. He is, he is ginormous. He created everything, okay? He's in and out. He's, he's through all. He's in all. He is above all things. God is powerful, okay? God is authoritative. He is in control of you, okay? He knows exactly what's going on in your life. One of my favorite phrases, I just said it across the hall beforehand before we pray for you guys, is God is not stupid, okay? He's not dumb. He knows exactly what's going to happen, okay? God is powerful. He's huge. He's awesome, right? So that's where we're at tonight when we're talking about uh, the Trinity is you don't have to fully understand what the Trinity is. Now, I, I encourage you to go research um, things for yourself, um, but we're not going to expound on that too much. One God, we serve one God, and it exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes, it's a great night to do it because we're going to be tracking through it, all right? So th that's the Trinity, okay? So what was the last one? The Holy Spirit, okay? And that's not like a predetermined order or anything, but that's just the way we say it. All right? So somebody tell me, who or what is the Holy Spirit? Yep. Somebody raise their hand and tell me, who or what is the Holy Spirit? I'm going I'm to hold on to you real quick. I'm going to see if anybody else knows it, Squires. Go. Huh? huh? Man, you, you sure do know how to repeat somebody. <laughs> Good job, River. I appreciate that. What else? Who else has got it? Who or what is the Holy Spirit? Anybody else know? All right, Brooke. Hold on. Shh. Right? Right? You're tracking, you're tracking, you're on the right track. She said, God, she said the Holy Spirit is a comforter, okay, can't be seen, that, those are true, but those are characteristics. Who or what is the Holy Spirit? I know. Hold on, hold on. Pierce. Okay, perfect, but that also, that just explains to me, okay, what the Holy Spirit does, okay. Who or what is the Holy Spirit? Ben, what? God living inside of you. Man, that's a good answer. Squires, what were you going to say? Hold on, we're going to give you a mic so you can just teach this tonight, all right? I'm just kidding. You're just <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's perfect. The answer I was looking for, hey, you're good. You're good. It's okay. You'll live. You'll live. It's, a, it's okay. She'll, she can, you can answer the next one, all right? All right. The Holy Spirit. They answered it perfectly. Can you hear me? The Holy Spirit is God. That's it. It's that simple, right? The Holy Spirit is God, okay? We have God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? 
God is one God. We serve one God, big G, one God existing in three persons, okay? So who or what the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God, okay? The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit, um, the Bible reveals that the Holy Spirit is God, um, and we'll, I'll expound on that here in just a second on uh, what kind of how I view and what I believe Scripture teaches about the Holy Spirit, okay? So everybody has in your Bibles, John chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 4. All right. So up until this point, okay, up until this point in Scripture, up until this point in Scripture, um, Christ is talking to uh, his disciples, okay? And he's kind of on information overload, okay? This is the scenario. It's coming down right before he comes to the cross, okay? God, Christ is about to go to the cross. He knows he's about to go to the cross, and he's meeting with his disciples kind of for the last time. And in the chapter previous, I think it's 14, 15, 16, okay, and 17, Christ is doling out information onto his disciples, okay? He's just information overload, okay? When my grandfather was passing away, now all my, grand, my grandparents are gone now, but, and, uh, but when my grandfather was sick, he had cancer, and he was, we had, we had a, a good amount of time that he spent on this earth, like in sickness, knowing that he was going to die soon, Right? So he knew that he was going to die, and so every time that we had conversation with him, uh, it was important. He would talk, tell us stories. He would tell us things that he wanted us to know, okay? So he, he was really important for him to be able to talk to us during that time because he knew that he wouldn't spend much time left on this earth, right? And a lot of us have stories similar to that, and that's kind of where uh, Christ was, okay? He wasn't necessarily sick, but he knew exactly where he was going. He knew exactly what he was about to do, and that was to go to the cross to die, Okay? And so what happened was Christ is sitting down with the disciples and he's telling, telling stories. He's telling things that he wants the disciples to know, okay? He's on information overload. He's dumping all this stuff that Jesus knows, which Jesus knows everything. So he's dumping all this stuff onto the disciples, trying to, for them to get it, okay? He's telling them things like, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and I'll abide in you, okay? A lot of these disciples are hearing these things and they're, they're kind of like, okay, what does this mean? Okay, what's he, where's he going with this and that type thing? But he's getting to a point now where he's talking, talking through with him, okay? And this is where we come, okay? Chapter 16, starting in verse 4. At the end of verse 4, it says this. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, okay? He didn't, he didn't tell them this in the beginning. Why didn't he not tell them this in the beginning? Because he was walking with them, right? In three years of Jesus' ministry, he was walking around with his disciples and he was telling them the stories. He was telling them what they needed to know along the way. But he knows now that he doesn't have much time left. So he's saying right here, I didn't say these things to you in the beginning because I was with you. Okay? Because he was with them. He was teaching them. He was walking with them. Okay? He said, I didn't say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asked me, where are you going? Okay? Peter had asked a few chapters earlier where Christ was going to go. Um, so I think in, in this context, I think, I think he's asking his disciples or talking to them in a present tense, okay? It, while they're sitting there, while he's talking, nobody's asking him where he's going to go, okay? So he's saying, he says, I didn't tell you these things originally because I was with you, right? I was walking with you. I didn't need to tell you because I was with you. Um, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to return to him who sent me, okay? Like I said earlier, John 3, 16, God sent his son into the world. Okay, we know that God sent Jesus into the world, so Jesus is talking about going to him who sent me, returning into heaven, returning with the Father, okay? He says, 
I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going. Listen to this. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled my heart. Knowing exactly where he's about to go, sorrow has filled his heart. He says, nevertheless, listen to this. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Remember that word. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper, remember that word, the helper will not come to you. Okay? And what does advantage mean? Squires. An edge? Yep, perfect. What you got right here? What's your name? Oh, you're, that's right. I forgot. Sorry. Go ahead. Good. Okay. So he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, okay? It is to your betterment is another way of saying it, okay? You're going to be better for it, okay? All right? This is, where, this is the context of which he's talking, okay? You guys listening back there, tracking with me? All right? You guys with me? All right. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, advantage that I go away, okay? So Christ said, it's to their betterment, better for them if I'm not with them and I'm somewhere else. Okay? You get that? Now, how can that be, right? How can that be? How is it better that Christ would go away than be right there with him? Okay? Hold on. We're going to get there. He says, it's better for, if I, for me to advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. Okay? So we have a little bit of an explanation there. If he, if he doesn't go away, the helper won't come. Okay? But if I go, I will send him to you, okay? I will send him to you. Now, who's the helper? Hold on just a second. I know you know the answer, but I'm going to wait. The Holy Spirit, perfect. The Holy Spirit, okay? It says, it says I'm going to send the helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit, okay? So Christ knows as he's going to the cross, as he's about to die, that he's going to go away. But he knows also if he goes away that the Holy Spirit's going to come, Okay? Now, how does that work? Anybody, can anybody be a theologian and tell me how that works? Right here. Huh? Paris? Yeah. All right. Buckner, go. You're branching on some theology there, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what you got, Will? That, it's as simple as you can get it, and that's pretty good right there. All right? If Christ goes away, right, he's promising that the Holy Spirit's going to come. Now, if, the whole, if Christ is God and the Holy Spirit's God, how does that work? Well, let me, let me read you something, okay? Col turn over to Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1. This is also one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. John 15 and 16 are one of, also some of my favorite chapters in the Scripture. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, it says this. The mystery... Okay, this is Paul writing, remember? This is Paul writing. It says, the mystery... 
that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed to the saints. Who's the saints? God's people, Christians, right. That's us. We're the saints, okay? Saints are, we're in a process of being sanctified, right? When we repent of sin, when we turn away from sin, and we walk towards God, that's the process of sanctification, okay? So we're in the process of sanctification as Christians, okay? That's our sainthood, okay? That's where you make the connection, okay? We are the saints. So it says, this mystery, all right? Think of that word. I love that word. It's, Paul says, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, okay, but is now made known to the saints. He's saying, in other ways, he's saying, Moses didn't know this, okay? Noah didn't know this. Micah didn't know this. Rahab didn't know this, but you're going to get to know it, is what Paul says, okay? He's saying the mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now made known to the saints. And saints are you guys. You ready? Here's the mystery. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of his glory. Of the mystery, listen to this, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love that verse. Why do I love that verse? He says, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, okay, They didn't know this. They didn't have Christ yet. They didn't know about it yet, okay? But Christ came. He went to the cross. He fulfilled the prophecy. He went to the cross. He died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And then he went. Then he died. He rose again from the grave, right? And he's saying the mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now made known to you guys, is that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You want to talk about the Holy Spirit? Can you make this connection with me? You want to talk about the Holy Spirit? Christ says in his word, he says, when you, when you trust in me, when you believe in me, the Spirit will come upon you, okay? What does that mean? It means as a believer, okay, for those of you who trust Christ, okay, for those of you who trust Christ, who know Christ as your personal Savior, the Spirit is in you, okay? That's what, that's what the Bible teaches, okay? If you love God, if you believe in your heart that Christ died on the cross for your sin and you pursue him, right? He's saying Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You make the connection. The Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ are one. They're the same. So he's saying this mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations, but it's now, it's now been known to you that Christ, that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. I mean... I mean, I would have thought you'd have a little bit more applause or something for that. I mean, come on. The mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations, all this stuff that you learned all throughout your, your small group time and your Bible study time, your vacation Bible school growing up, all these stories of all these people in the Bible, they didn't know about this, okay? Christ came, he died, he was rose again, and then the Spirit comes to intercede for him, Right? He comes into your life, and you literally have, listen to this. You guys listening right here? You literally have Christ inside you, the hope of glory. You have the hope of glory inside of you. You believe that? Anybody here believe that? That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. We're going to keep going, but, man, I want you to really, really grab hold of that, okay? So we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about literally, this is what, this is the, one thing I love about looking at the Holy Spirit is that Christ is inside of me. 
Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ, it's, the Bible says in, in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians, it says, uh, Jesus, the, the one who knew no sin came to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, how can we become righteous unless the, the righteous one lives inside of us? You get that? We get to pursue righteousness because the one who lived out the Christian life perfectly lives inside of you. Isn't that crazy? Think about that. And flip back over to John chapter 16. So you know what the Holy Spirit is. You know that the Holy Spirit is God, right? We know that God the Father, we know that God the Son, and we know God the Holy Spirit. The three are one, okay? That's the beauty of the Trinity. The three are one. And all throughout Scripture, you get to hear about God the Father, you get to hear about God the Son, you get to hear about God the Spirit, or Holy Spirit. Especially in the New Testament. Once Christ came, Christ came to die, and once he, he died, the Spirit of Jesus came to live inside of you. Now again, I'm going to go back to my question earlier. How can it be... Christ talked about it being a betterment, being an advantage for him to leave and have the Spirit come. Now I'm thinking in my head, my initial thought is, how can it be better that if Jesus Christ were right here, okay? If he was standing here among us, right? If he were up here, you guys probably wouldn't be looking down at your books, okay? You'd probably be looking up here, yeah? If Jesus Christ were up here, he, he would be preaching the message. I wouldn't be up here, that's for sure. All right, Jesus, picture Jesus up here, all right? Jesus Christ is here among us. All right? That's pretty awesome. Okay? Now, if he were to go away, how is that better for us? Squires, what you got since you're about to squeal out of your chair? (laughs) Huh? Oh, okay. What you got? That was pretty much on point. That was pretty, pretty much on point. I like it. All right. She said that basically, all right, here's, here's a scenario, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perfect what you said a little bit. All right? Here's a scenario. It's better for us that Christ would go away, and here's why. Because Jesus Christ, when he was on this earth, he was both fully God and he was fully human. You get that? He was fully God and he was fully human. All right? Now, we can get into that all day long, but... For the sake of time, I'm not going to get into that. But he was fully God and he was fully human at the same time, okay? And because he was fully human, one of the things that he had to sacrifice was his omnipresence, okay? Omnipresence is a big word, but it literally means that God is everywhere, okay? Omnipresence means God can be anywhere at any point. He's everywhere, okay? Literally, in the New Testament, it says Christ is in all and through all, okay? It says, okay, so he's fully God and he's fully man, okay? So he literally sacrifices, sacrifices his godliness to become fully man in, in a way so that he sacrifices his omnipresence, okay? So Jesus Christ is one in one place. You get that? Jesus Christ can only be in one place at one time, and that's where you see him traveling through the New Testament. And so he's explaining to these guys that, listen, it's going to be better for you. You can put your hand up. It's going to be better for you that you, that for me to go away, and here's why, because I'm going to send the helper, which is literally Christ in you, 
right? I'm going to send the helper, which is literally Christ in you, to be with you, okay? So Christ goes away. He dies. He raises from the dead. He, he goes back. He sends into heaven so that we may have Christ inside of us, all of us, at all times, at all points, all the time. You get that? Isn't that crazy? Okay, he says, listen to this. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth is for your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. You can read the rest of this passage as to why, what the Holy Spirit's role is in our lives, okay? And somebody touched on it. You want to you clarify that real quick? Who wants to tell me what the Holy Spirit's role is? Squires, you kind of touched on it. I'm going to let somebody else do it. Who knows what the Holy Spirit's role is in our life? Who can tell me that? Anybody? Jay, you got it? Yeah, man. You don't know? All right. Brooke. Exactly. It was kind of like what you were trying to say earlier. Perfect. Holy Spirit came. What you got? Intercedes for us. Yeah, he prays for us. Perfect, yeah. You ever, you ever seen that little scenario where the devil and the angel on somebody's shoulder like in a little television show or whatever? Yeah, it's kind of it's similar in a way, okay? I don't want you to get that wrong idea. But listen, the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit's role in our lives, okay, is literally, like I said, Christ inside of us. Now imagine again, Christ is in here with us. You're probably going to be looking up here, right? Yeah, you're not going to be looking down at your phone if Christ is up here, right? Okay. All right, Christ is up here. All right, listen. If I was if I was sitting here and Christ is sitting next to me and I'm 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 about to tell a lie. I'm thinking about telling a lie. Okay? I know. It's a crazy thought. It's a crazy world we live in. But I think about this. I'm about to tell a lie. Then Christ is probably going to lean over. And he's probably going to flick me on the shoulder and be like, "You probably don't want to do that, dude. You you probably don't want to do that." You probably don't want to do that, right? That's kind of how, listen, that's kind of how the Holy Spirit is in our lives. When we approach things, when we are in temptation spots, when we are involved in sin in our lives, the Holy Spirit is there to, for us to be able to discern what's right, what's wrong, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, those type of things. It's literally Christ inside of us flicking us on the shoulder and being able to say, you probably don't want to do that. Hold on, guys. We're almost done. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit is in our lives. He's, he's there. Christ inside of us is there, not only for us to direct what's right and wrong, okay, but he's also there to help us in our sanctification process. You remember how I talked about that? How we are to, in our sanctifying process, we are putting down sin, we're, 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 we're eliminating sin in our life, we're turning away from it, and we're walking towards Jesus, right? We're putting down sin in our life, we're turning away from it, and we're walking towards Jesus, okay? That's kind of, 
That's kind of what the Holy Spirit is there for. It's there to help us along in our process. As we continue to mature as Christians, the Holy Spirit is there to push us along and to continue to push us towards Christ. You know why? Because it's literally Christ inside of us. And who better to help direct us than the one that lived out the perfect Christian life? I mean, he did it so good they named it after him, right? So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the, here's the million-dollar question, okay? Shh, listen to this. What does it mean to live a spirit-filled life? What does it mean to live as if we have the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to live a spirit-filled life? I just want you to think about it. What's it mean to live a spirit-filled life? If you have God of the universe living inside of you, What's it mean to live a spirit-filled life? Here's the deal. Here's, here's kind of an analogy for you. You know, Scripture talks about walking by faith, right? Scripture talks about walking by faith. Trey, come up here real quick. I'm going to start walking, and I just want you to walk literally right beside me. Don't walk behind me. Don't walk in front of me. Just walk beside me. You ready? I'm walking. I'm walking, not even acknowledging him. I'm just walking, walking, walking. All right, perfect. Thank you. All right. The reason I did this is, listen, Christ, Christ calls us to walk, walk in the Spirit. And if we don't know what that means, how we're going to do it, right? Christ calls us to walk in the Spirit, and what that means is, it's literally, when we accept Christ in our lives, when we, when we accept Christ into our lives, the one that came and died for us, the one that's living inside of us, when we come and we accept him into our lives, he does come and live inside of us, and he's literally walking beside us, okay? He's literally walking with us in our Christian life. But here's the deal. Majority of the time, majority of the time, we just ignore him. We don't even, we, don't even we, we have it, but yet we don't use it. Does that make sense? We have the Spirit literally helping us, walking beside us, but a lot of times we ignore it, and we choose not to live by it. Here's how to live a Spirit-filled life, okay? You ready for this? You have to empty yourself. You have to empty yourself. You're not going to be able to live a Spirit-filled life until you literally... Get the crud, the selfishness, the me attitude out of your life. A lot of us are entangled in sin. We talked about that last week. A lot of us are entangled in sin. We choose to live in our sin rather than expose it or repent of it. Okay, that's part of it. But a lot of us just choose to live for ourselves. We don't choose to live for God, right? We don't choose to follow Christ in that way. And so we have this kind of me complex, and listen, to live a spirit-filled life, listen, you want to know what the Holy Spirit is? You want to know how he lives in your life? You want to know how he works in your life? You've got to empty yourself. You've got to lay yourself aside. You've got to lay your priorities, the things that you think are worthy in your life, aside. And you've got to fix your eyes on Jesus because he's the one that's going to help you walk. He's walking beside you, and he just wants you to acknowledge him because he will literally fill you up. You get that? 
The Holy Spirit, Christ inside of you, will literally fill you up and you will be spirit-filled and be able to walk in a way that's unparalleled. Let us Listen, again, Christ inside of you, the hope of glory living inside of you, just wants you to acknowledge him. That's it. He just wants you to acknowledge him. He wants you to fix your eyes on him and follow him. Why do we make it so hard? Why do we make it so hard? Why do we, why do we push ourselves in the way and make it so difficult? You want the big idea for tonight? The big idea, the big, big thing that you can take home? It's following Jesus just means living like Jesus. Okay? We're in the, not a fan series. Choosing to not be fans of Jesus, but choosing to be followers, fully devoted followers. Following Jesus means living like Jesus. It means acknowledging that he's walking beside you and literally choose to walk in the Spirit. Listen, God is good, man. God is so good. He loves you. He's watching out for you. He cares for you. And he literally will hold you together. You just got to empty yourself, fix your eyes on him, and walk by the Spirit. Okay? Can we do that? I don't, we don't need to have some big challenge or invitation tonight. I just want you to literally wrap your mind around that fact. Okay? Following Jesus means living like Jesus. Okay? You have Jesus living inside of you. Don't let it go to waste. Okay? Don't let it go to waste. Follow Jesus and live like him. Let's pray. God, we just thank you. God, we just, I don't, I don't even understand it. I don't fully comprehend it. I don't know what even to do or to say. But God, you living inside me is the only reason that I'm able to get up, to be able to put on shoes, to be able to walk out the door, and to be able to say and call myself a follower of you. And God, I just praise you. I praise you that, God, that you are invested in my Christianity. You are invested in my walk with you. That, God, that you would take yourself out and be able, to, be able to come and live inside of my life. And, God, I just pray this for these students, God, that they would see how powerful it is to have Christ living, breathing, moving inside of them. God, you empower us. God, you allow us to do things that we can't even possibly comprehend or wrap our minds around because you are so incredible. You are so powerful. And God, you live inside of us. And God, I hope we get that. I hope, I hope you can help us have a peace and understanding a little bit of that. God, I thank you for these students. I thank you for their heart, their attitudes, their behaviors, their mindsets to be able to continue to challenge themselves, continue to prove themselves as followers of you, followers of you. God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for another incredible night to be able to worship you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Pray for you more than you know. Go in peace.